This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Let's pray. Jesus, fill us with your love that we might, like the disciples, follow you. Amen. Presidents appoint cabinet members. Executives hire staff. Leaders form teams. In today's gospel, we see Jesus beginning his public ministry and forming his team. He has an extraordinary message, which he has entrusted to ordinary people. When building a transformational team or a community, one might be inclined to look for extraordinary leaders. But Jesus called ordinary people. And that's good news because there are more ordinary people than there are extraordinary ones. And as Abraham Lincoln once quipped, God must love the common man. He made so many of them. If Jesus' plan was to transform a corrupt religious system, he might have started recruiting his leaders in Jerusalem. He could have scanned the temple looking for prospects. In Jerusalem, he would find people of experience, skill, power, and influence. But transforming the religious system wasn't his goal. Jesus' mission was to do the will of his Father, which was to redeem the world so that we can be with God forever. The Bible says it this way, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's the mission. God's rescue plan accomplished through the person of his son. This was the heart of John the Baptist's message. John essentially preached this. Stop running away from God. A savior is coming to the rescue. Get ready, prepare your hearts, God's salvation is about to happen. John was pointing to a person, not a system. God's call is to relationship, not a religion. This is a good and dangerous message. John's preaching called for the overthrow of the kingdom of this world in order to usher in the kingdom of God. A revolution of allegiances from the kingdom of this world, from the rule of man to the reign of God. After John's, John the Baptist's arrest, Jesus took this message public. From today's gospel, we heard this. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee. He came proclaiming the good news of God, saying, the time is fulfilled the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. There are four points to this gospel message. One, the time is now. Two, the kingdom is near. Three, repent. And four, believe. I wonder, when did you first hear the gospel? 
When did you first hear the good news of God's love and forgiveness and salvation? Growing up in church, I listened to the gospel week in and week out. Every Sunday it was read and we heard stories of Jesus' life and love. But it wasn't until I was about 16 years old that my heart actually heard the message. How is it that we can listen to God's word but not hear it? The Bible uses languages that links God's call to the condition of our hearts. The problem isn't with our natural ears, our natural hearing, but with our spiritual ears. By God's grace, our spiritual ears can be opened. Last week, Father Jonathan reminded us how Samuel learned to listen to the voice of God. Listening meant Samuel was to do what God said. And listening to God's word took courage, especially since the message that God had for Eli, delivered through Samuel, was one of judgment. It took courage to do what God said. In Hebrew, the word for listen and hear is shema. It has a dual meaning. It means both to listen and to obey to hear God's voice and to obey God's voice. They go together. So when I was 16, I attended a prayer meeting at church. It was there that the Lord opened my spiritual ears to accept God's unconditional love into my heart. A group of women prayed for me, and I experienced God's love and acceptance in an overwhelming way. I didn't do anything. They prayed, and God did something. Joy just bubbled up from inside, and my heart was strangely warmed, to use John Wesley's phrase that he used when he encountered the transforming love of God. At that point, Jesus' love within me started to change. I changed from the inside out. As I experienced this love, this joy, in knowing that God loved me. Transformation happened over time. God gave me courage to make different choices. To change your mind or to go in a different direction is the meaning of the word repent. When our spiritual ears hear the good news of God's unconditional love and forgiveness, we actually want to go in a different direction. We experience God's love and acceptance. We want to repent. Experience God's love opens us up to belief. The time is now. The kingdom is near. Repent and believe. Believe God loves you. Believe you're forgiven. Live as if it's true. Which, of course, it is. The gospel transforms us from the inside out. That's what love does. Jesus didn't look for the learned, the elite, the wealthy, the powerful to spread this good news. He called ordinary people for this extraordinary mission. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw ordinary fishermen at work. And it's not surprising that these two sets of brothers were fishermen because Galilee was a fishing community. That was the business of the area. Jesus called Peter and Andrew, James and John. 
And their daily work as fishermen meant mending nets, maintaining boats, selling fish, and so on. And they were just doing their thing when Jesus called them. You don't have to be in a temple serving a priest as Samuel was to hear God's voice, although you can be in sacred space when you hear him speak. And you don't have to be on a retreat, although you could hear God as you cultivate silence and, and uh, engage in active listening. You don't have to pursue an advanced degree in theology to respond to God or be a missionary serving out, out in the world someplace. Like these fishermen, we can hear God's word to us in the course of our usual routines during a regular day. God's world is filled with his presence, and those with spiritual ears hear God's voice in the midst of their daily lives. Perhaps it comes as a nudge, maybe a nudge to call someone, and it turns out your call was an answer to their prayer. Or maybe you have a strong sense to pray for somebody, and later you find out that they actually needed your prayers at that moment. I've had the experience of having a passage of scripture just come to my mind with such clarity and an answer to a prayer that I've had hidden in my heart. Maybe you've had that happen to you too. Maybe God has spoken to you through his word or through the words of a hymn or a song where it suddenly just penetrates your heart and you know that's God's word for you. Maybe it's God speaking to you through the beauty of his creation. It doesn't matter what you're doing, taking a walk, driving your car, riding a bus, changing diapers, writing code, balancing the books. Even in the chaos and distractions of life, those with spiritual ears can listen and obey. And Jesus' call is simply this, follow me. Mark's brief account makes it seem as if Jesus' invitation just came out of the blue but other gospel accounts provide a little bit more context. John's gospel says that when Jesus was walking by the Jordan where John was baptizing, two of John's disciples heard John say of Jesus, behold, this is the Lamb of God. John 1, 37 through 42 says this, when the two disciples heard John say this, they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Jesus said, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. One of the two who heard Jesus speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means the anointed. Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. I actually happen to love this little piece of scripture because Andrew, the name Andrew is close to my name, Andrea. And as a kid, uh, it always bothered me that when I saw in a baby book or one, you know, those little cards that tell you what your name means, it would say, uh, Andrew, Andrea, feminine form of Andrew. What does Andrew mean? Manly. Okay, well, on a good day, I could say Andrea is derivative and it means womanly. 
I was really surprised when I went into one of those uh, bookstores and I saw um, a, a little notepad that said Andrea, and it said strong and courageous. I'm like, okay, I'm taking that one. That, that's much better. But when I read this, I said, I get it, Lord. I hear you. Andrea is one who brings people to Jesus. I love that little pericope. How amazing to be welcomed into the presence of Jesus. Come and see was an invitation to experience life with him, an offer of discipleship, an opportunity to experience love incarnate. What happens to you when you're in the presence of someone you love? Maybe you have a great love for your grandmother or for a niece, a nephew, your uncle or an aunt, for your parents, for your crush, for your spouse, for your child. When you're with someone you love, you change. Our hearts become full, there's a smile on your face, a twinkle in your eye, love does this. Okay, so here's a picture of the transforming power of love. The Grinch who stole Christmas. When the Grinch heard the community of Who's singing, even though he had stolen all their possessions, love tugged at his heart, and his heart grew. It expanded. He smiled. He laughed. He returned everything he had stolen. He served roast beast. Love changed him. I wonder, might something similar have happened to those fishermen when they were hanging out with Jesus? They spent time with him. They heard his message. They saw his love. What caused them to drop everything, even the family business, to follow Jesus? Love. God's transforming love. Jesus' call was not to follow his agenda, his call, or an ethical system. His call was and is, follow me, a call to relationship. The fishermen left behind family, commerce, stability, everything to follow Jesus. In his commentary, William Barclay wrote this. For these disciples, it all began with a personal reaction to Jesus. It all began with that tug of the heart, which begets unshakable loyalty. This is not to say that there are none who think themselves into Christianity, but for most of us, following Christ is like falling in love. It has been said that we admire people for reasons, we love them without reasons. It happens just because they are they and we are we. Following Christ is like falling in love. I wonder, has that been your experience? Do you desire Jesus' presence as you might long for the presence of a beloved family member or friend? Like these fishermen, may we fall in love with Jesus for who he is. Jesus' follow me was and is a call to a life of mission, a life devoted to loving God and sharing his love with a world in need. Jesus called fishermen to be fishers of men. Unlike fish who are caught 
with nets and hooks and rods and a buzz lightning pole, <laughs> fishing pole, people who are caught by God's love are actually freed. I think some of us may have gotten it wrong about the gospel message. His purpose is not that people get caught or get saved, rather that they are rescued and released, freed to follow the way of Christ. To be a Christian is to be a Christ follower. It's about loving those who Jesus loves, and Jesus loves everyone. Jesus calls us to follow him right where we are. Our life, everything we do, everywhere we are, is our ministry context. Jesus called fishermen to fish for people. That was their context. And we have a calling in our context. At Ascension, we say it this way, to share Christ's healing with a broken world. With whom can you share this? Right where you are. Maybe it's with roommates or classmates or those with whom you work. Doctors, nurses, therapists, caregivers share Christ's healing with a broken world through their gifts of healing. Lawyers, child advocates, social workers share Christ's healing through their care and their pursuit of justice. Teachers, programmers, cashiers, homemakers through their acts of service. Students, researchers, investigators, artists through their creativity. Whoever you are, whatever you do, you can extend God's love to others. Christians follow Christ, ordinary people empowered with the extraordinary gift of Jesus' love. May our lives of love and service reveal Jesus to a broken world, remembering the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Amen.